Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Our Matrix server is about as free as Internet chat can be. Join the existing rooms or create your own at chat.freetalklive.com. We're going to bring Nick. Okay, Nick. Nick is one of the sons of Bob Anderson, and um, he grew up on solar, so he he knows what's up. You know, it's out there. You know, go go polish the panels or something. So what happened is he's you know went in the Navy, comes back. He's got a family. He's working at Palo Verde Nuclear Plant, doing whatever the heck he was doing, and then uh, he's taking his toys out into the desert. We going out in the desert. Going sand duning and railing, motorcycling, and whatever heck he's doing, and he's going. There's a lot of solar out here in the sand dunes, so he takes his uh, fifth wheel, he pimps it out, goes out, and every hey, well, pick me, pick me. I want mine done. I want mine done. It became like a weekend thing for a while, and then all of a sudden, holy crap! So it's like a full time job. So he starts RV Solar Concepts. And yeah, I'll show you some pretty pictures. Yeah, pretty pictures. There's RV solar concepts, and he can't keep up. So he's like, and take this job. And so he starts his own business. He's doing very well, successful. All of a sudden, the man comes up and says, hey, you know all those panels and stuff you got? We don't like China anymore. We're retroactively, you owe us a bunch of money because the uh, forms and paperwork and stuff. Now, you go over and you start looking at, um, let me pull it up here. You start looking, you know, Wall Street Journal. Can the U.S. break China's grip on solar? Yes. By taking a heel grinding on the Nick, okay? We're going to take care of this by, you know, Nick, you owe us some money. You don't want to buy those no more. So this is, so this is, you know, welcome to the world, all right? But the, um, uh, Nick's a, you know, quality young man that just got, got after it. And this is a perfect example of bureaucratic, ew. Well, Nick grew up with this stuff. 
Bob and I doing all Bob and I stuff. It's kind of you understand, you know. Oh, curse you, Red Baron! <laughs> so he sent, so he sent me um, uh, just a little snippet. He didn't want to do the show right away. He's too pissed. He goes, I can't. Yeah, we got to keep it family friendly a little bit, a little bit. But this might go on network, so we'll. They, I, I got in trouble already. <laughs> <laughs> try, to, try to control myself. As control much as yourself. So this is um, what we're going to do is talk about. Um, the solar industry in general, and what the United States government... Now, this might have been a Trump thing. I don't know if this was a Biden thing or... It was, yeah, it was initially enacted by Trump when he was in office. He placed a 30% tariff on all solar panel modules that were coming from China. Okay, now modules, you know, describe that. First, let's go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us about, we're going to get into it. We're going to go till we're <laughs> you're, you're boring or bored, all right? Yep. We'll have at least a couple hours here. We'll get it done. Tell us about you growing up out in the desert and the solar and kind of this is a lot of people are more intimidated by this kind of stuff than you are. And uh, and then so talk about your family, your business, your job when you started, your career, your Navy. We want to know Nick. Go, man. Yeah, so basically you had it pretty much nailed right on the head. Um, left as soon as I graduated high school. I think I took a month and then got my stuff in order. Shipped out to boot camp. Um, got into the electronics field in the Navy and did a bunch of stuff with weapon systems and things like that. And then, um, just kind of grew tired of not seeing my family as much as I wanted to and things like that. When you got young kids, it just starts getting hard for you doing deployments and, and things like that. So came back here, um, tested, got a job at the nuke plant doing electronics and stuff out here. Did that for almost 10 years. What's um, electronics at a nuke plant? Uh, did a lot of instrumentation, so all of the all of the systems that electronically tell valves to close or things to open, all of that. Oh, yeah, important stuff. <laughs> yeah, you touch the wrong touch <laughs> the wrong one, and it shuts the plant down, and then you're fired. So. <laughs> so, so don't do that. Okay, so so you came out to nuke plant. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yep. So I did that for about ten years, um, but probably around the six or seven year mark. Uh, like you described, right? We're going camping, doing all this stuff, getting really annoyed with running your generator for six, eight hours a day just to keep the batteries charged and keep the TVs on for the kids. So started looking for supplementary ways to do that, which was pretty obvious to me growing up out here. Uh, we moved out here when I was about in seventh grade and started setting the property up how it is now with, you know, obvious improvements here and there. But um, so Definitely not a, a concept that I wasn't used to creating power from the sun or, you know, from generators and things like that using battery backup banks. So everything that we had on the property out here living is pretty much a condensed version in every RV. And then you just have to add the solar to the mix and, and you're kind of off to the races. Okay. This is one thing that you have, you know, a good perspective on this. I'm, I'm interested in um, the improvement of the tech. This is just from the last time we bulk ordered a bunch of panels. We got woo, 350 panels, man. Well, oh man, I'm sweet. I'm styling. I'm <laughs> I got plenty of power. We got a bunch of pa- I'm oh and then I go they go do this crap. We need to be ordering some more because I knew I was going to need more anyway. I just got, you know, what I needed, but I need extra. So I go, "All right, I want to get extra." Oh. They only sell 500 some watt panels now. Yeah, a lot of the big residential, they're just trying to get 
as much in one module as possible. It probably makes the install for residential solar. They're not that much bigger, though. I mean, it's getting to where it's not just make them bigger. They're getting more efficient. They're pretty big, though. Yeah, these Are they really? Yeah, these new ones are almost four feet. I think they're 44 inches wide, and they're, like, almost 90 inches tall. So they're they're large. Um, cool. But I, 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 think- I, I need roofs. so that is one thing um when you're mounting these on the rvs and so on we got flexible panels that we put up with some uh you know what's that rtv the the black caulk what do you Mm -hmm. call that stuff anyway uh that and two-sided tape 3m tape and so on and they're flat uh i mean they're uh um Bendable panels. We did just because it was cool and it was easy, and they're only like a hundred each. I got eight of them up there, and they don't do it. You know, they're just not holding up. You know <laughs> that they generate. So you actually mount regular frame panels yep. onto it. What is it that you use to put into the roof? Uh, usually, we use if it's a normal RV roof um, that has just a thin rubber layer with three quarter inch plywood underneath it, basically. Um, so what we use is just one inch, like quarter lag bolts or lag screws. Okay. So we just screw directly into the wood that's underneath the membrane. And then we seal underneath the Z brackets that bolt to the frame panels and screw that right down to the top and then go over it with die core sealant that they use from the factory to seal up all the holes. You know, this is, we have, it has a frame, you know, it's got rivets that, Yes. Know, aluminum shell and so on. So I could do a bracket or put a unistrut thing on or whatever, which I may do. And a friend of mine has another bus, and it's like, God, I mean, the whole thing is just like a roof of panels. So he, he's fine, you know. Yeah. I would rather have more on the bus, but now that we got the land, we go out there, we start building, it's just going to be... I'm, you know, it's a rain catcher too. You know, I'm going to have something. I, I got horizontal surfaces. We're making use of it, so we're just going to have plug it in. Plus, I have some on the butt. I just deploy, and it's but it doesn't really cover all the stuff that we do. Like we're running the generator now to do the batteries. Now we have 12 kilowatts. You know, of batteries for the bus. Which is pretty good. I mean, if I'm not, you know, being stupid, which I always am, you know, I know Bob, your dad, man, he he's a energy water miser. <laughs> yeah, lives out the desert. You're 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 burning electrons. You know, I go, yes, I am. Freaking more panels. You know, well, you're not going to be. I go, Nick, I need more panels. <laughs> Bob, get off my butt. So this is. Um, as the efficiency or the equipment and the batteries just in the last few years, because you started this when? How many years ago? Uh, I think 2019 we started up. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, so like four or five years ago, something like yeah, that. Yeah, we're, we're creeping on five now. Now, this is, and how fast did it take? I remember you kind of started doing some and then boom. Yeah, I did, I did my own personal RV and then um, the Navy friend that I had. Uh, I pretty much spent my entire enlistment with another guy, and we ran our division together, became very close. Our families are very close. Our wives get together and and have good time. So all of our kids are very close in age, so it kind of worked out. And then uh, he ended up – he went to, I think, the Columbia nuclear plant up in Washington State is where he was from. So he went back and started working security there just to get something once he got out. And then uh, a couple jobs came open down here that I knew we would both qualify for from our time in the Navy. So I, I just kind of sent him the posting, and we both bid on it, and they hired both of us. So we were both in the same shop doing that for a couple years. And then the solar thing started. 
And uh, so I did my trailer, and then I did his trailer, and we kind of just worked through all the kinks, getting it worked out, and figuring out all the things we needed to know. And then my brothers, and then you do friends, and then, you know what I mean? So... Um, I remember it ramped up pretty fast. It was quick, yeah. Once, so I, I actually started out just kind of doing like arbitrage stuff. So Santan Solar, where we get all these panels from, a lot of them, the ones that we're not importing, we just kind of get selectively from there because they're close. Um, so I actually started just buying panels off of there and reselling them because they were such a good deal from Santan when you buy in quantities right. that are large. Um, okay, for the audience, Santan is. Um East Valley, out in the far reaches of, I don't even know how they, why they're out there, but they, they're always buying, um, used panels from farms, uh, you know, solar farms or whatever, and they got some deal here, we'll pay you to haul them off or something, you know, and they got a lot of, a full thing. I have never actually been out there. But everybody goes there. You order that. I get it from you, you know, so I I don't have to worry about it. But how big a facility is this? How encompassing of everything a homeowner would need? And that's actually an interesting place to start with them, too, because when I started buying stuff from them, they had you've seen those typical warehouse buildings where they have, you know, 20 bays for 18 wheelers to pull into in the back. They had one section of that. The far right section, if you're looking at it from the freeway when you're passing by, they had one office building and one truck bay, and that was it. Now they own the entire complex all the way to the end. What? Yeah, it is chock full. There was one that we did in bulk, you know, different when it first started, and uh, um, I got sent to is called um, Solalek. It's like a, a we'll call warehouse on Indian School and in 45th. Avenue around in there. You ever heard of them? Uh-uh. So, Solelec. So, so it's kind of the same thing. They were just, it's all where it's all bulk order kind of stuff. They're not onesie twosies. Yeah. So is that kind of Santan or you get a little bit for RV or something? They will, they'll do quantities of nothing really. Like, yeah, if you wanted to pick up one or two panels, um, we had, we actually did a bus very similar to this. Um, but it was a, it was a school bus build, like schoolie or whatever they call it. So he had the whole inside decked out, but he just wasn't comfortable doing the electrical part. So he brought it to us for that. And we installed rails along the top and put solar on his. And we only needed, uh, I think we only needed like four panels or something for his, for the big ones. So they'll, they'll sell you quantities of one to two and they'll sell you quantities of hundreds. Like it it really doesn't matter to them. We're we're looking at, you know, and your dad also is kind of, yeah, you're bulking up. We'll get some more, you know, what the heck. And I, you know, and it's really pretty, it's pretty cheap. It's when people think of solar, that's all they think of. So when you give them a price for something, they're usually like, oh man, that's expensive. But in reality, the solar panel modules themselves are are probably the cheapest thing in the build. It is, um, it, well, when your dad first came out here, it was, uh, to have the, I remember him saying something ridiculous about $8 a watt with everything, you know? So every, <laughs> I mean, it was like expensive as heck. This is yeah. like 25 years ago or something. Yep. And, uh, now you can buy panels. You're getting down, a lot of this doesn't mean anything to anybody, but, to get down to thirty something cents a watt is ridiculous. Yeah, very. Cheap. It's like they're they're paying you to haul them off or something, you know. <laughs> so you get a big five hundred and what did you say five twenty five five fifty? What was uh, it? Five, these are five thirty fives. So five, well, close five thirty five, <laughs> and that is a hundred dollars, hundred ten, something like that. What were you? It saying? was two hundred three. 
$203. Yeah, which made it like $0.36 cents per watt if you do the math on it. So it's that is that the solar generation of the electrons is not the cost. No, it's that's, harnessing the power. The batteries by far with the lithium that's on the market now that's even come down crazy in price crazy. in that place too. So everything comes down with economy of scale, right? Everybody starts doing it. Everybody's fighting over materials. Now you have competition and then, you know, prices start to drop. But yeah, typically batteries are the most expensive part of the build. Um, that's just kind of how it goes. And then you have all the electronic components that convert power. So your inverters, charge controllers, things like that are the next biggest expense. Now, so people give you an idea, um, <coughs> to run a refrigerator. Well, we got an efficiency RV. It's kind of a, I mean, it's a nice site. It's a small refrigerator, but it's a refrigerator. I mean, it's a you know regular refrigerator, but the 10 and a half square foot or something like that. But the, um, you're looking at about two to three hundred watts, you know, to run that. Right. Yeah, when so, it's running, yeah. When it's running. So it's let's just say it's running all the time and I got it open and I got my face in the refrigerator all day. <laughs> so it's um uh if you're running some computers, you're trying well, we got so much like we got I mean, we're we're sucking up some power. But the um so you generate however many watts of solar and it says it's a 500 watt solar panel and the sun blazing right square on it it does how much so that's how they rate them is maximum possible output at perfect conditions so when they test solar panels they're obviously not even testing them outside they get they get lighting equivalents in some you know laboratory somewhere they put the panel on the ground put the light directly above it and then sit there and optimize back forth front rear up or higher lower until they find the peak output that they can reach and that's how they that's how they get that number but what do you really get um, it it is very dependent on angle of the sun, which changes with season, right. we will see on the panels that we import, we have actually exceeded in some systems, some cases we've seen where we've screenshotted the app as it's coming in um, and, and generating that power. And we've actually exceeded what the array should have been. So a lot of the panels that we use on typical RV stuff and the ones that we import are 200 watts, which seems counterintuitive to most most listeners probably that why would you get less, you know, smaller panels when you, when you could have like 535 per panel, right? So you have a lot of things you're fighting up there, skylights, uh, air conditioning, antennas, you know, all the things that people have on their RVs. So... Uh, the 200s, you just end up being able to yield a total more wattage than you would with very large panels because you oftentimes can only fit so many. So that's why we use the 200s. But in the, in the case of these 200s, um, like you're saying, the increase in technology and how they're collecting and the efficiency of the panels are going up. And we have actually exceeded the amount that they should in real world. So obviously when the sun's coming up, you're not going to be getting that that same uh, amount, and it's not full output all the time. A lot of people that call us to have us do installations for them, they we kind of have to explain the um, they lied what what to expect, right? <laughs> because a lot of people come into it, and it's just like, hey, well, I see sunlight outside. Why am I not doing a thousand watts into my batteries? Well, a <laughs> thousand watts is best case scenario directly right, overhead, right. so. 
So we have the we have uh, four other panels that are 120 each that are hinged in pairs, mm-hmm. and we have them stored underneath the bus in a cabinet that I get, I built for so they don't get messed up, you know. Yeah. So we deploy them, plug them in, put them out. We got at least 50 or 100 foot cord, you know, that we can put them out. We're under the trees, and we put out the field, whatever, so we can generate power. The um, then you got to store it. You know, they had all kinds of, usually it was lead acid. RVs do usually 12 or 24 volt, and they have um, um, the chemistry and the charge controllers that charge lead acid is the same as doing lithium iron phosphate. You know, that, so it, it, it has the same profile. You can just take the charge controller that you had doing your lead acid, put in a lithium iron phosphate, and you don't have to change a whole lot of stuff is what I'm saying. You will need to change the, the charging parameters. So if it doesn't have a lithium setting or uh, a lot of the stuff we use is Victron brand yeah. uh, components. Which is the most expensive, I think. Isn't it? And they just had a 40% price drop. What? 40%. About freaking time, those SOBs. <laughs> you know, they've been high, keeping it I, I was They're pretty amazed. Competition. We had to. We had to actually call. Um, I think uh, Inverters R Us is who we have a, a deal through. They're like a drop shipper for for Victron, and they gave us the best deal on all the Victron components. And we started noticing that these charge controllers, the big ones, you know, the eighty-five amp, hundred amp charge controllers, were almost a thousand dollars. They're down to like six hundred bucks. And we called them, like, what is going on? Like, these prices are ridiculous. Because we got approached to be uh, a Victron distributor and drop shipper, yeah. which just didn't really fit our model. It was going to eat up too much time on the back end of doing it. Um, so we didn't decide to do it, but they gave us the price sheet of, like, this is the minimum you're allowed to sell our products for, and this is what we'd like you to sell them for, or this is what the you know MSRP is of right. the item. And Manufacturer suggested retail price. Yeah, so... A year after they approached us to do it, we see all these prices that we're getting for the products now are underneath what they're even allowed to sell them for. So that can happen sometimes with kind of people that go rogue with their own business and they have an Amazon store. So they're selling all these products on other outlets and they'll start putting the prices down to be more competitive and get more sales to them. Yeah. But as soon as you get caught by that manufacturer, they're you usually pull the plug on selling you their items if you're not, you know, abiding by the agreement. Um, but we started seeing that a bunch, so we we called um, we called our our people that that supply for us, and they said, yeah, they don't know if it's supply and demand or if they're not doing well on sales, but forty percent decrease in price. Well, Victron is known as the uh you know, premium, you know, equipment. Yeah, in the but, R- in the RV space, at least, it's it's the most recognizable, I think. Well, it, you know, it's dependable. They're compatible with each other. They got a bunch of features. They've been the most, they were, you know, first to market, you know, back in the day or something. Yeah. But competition. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you start watching, you know, uh, Will Prowse and David Paws and all these guys. Uh, this is a photon. It turns to electron. It does this. It goes here. It does. So we watched a lot of the equipment and stuff that gave us the confidence to do what we did here. You know, and I got friends and your dad, and they're like, Ernie, you're doing it wrong. And do it. And I go, because I had, uh, what was it, Xantrex 24-volt inverters. I went through two of them. They couldn't keep up. <laughs> 
Yep. There were three thousands, and I had to get two three thousands. Got six thousand, split the blah 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 blah. Because I was just using too much power going through it. They're going, you're doing it wrong. It's an RV, not a house. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over forty years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented Made in America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. News update. Flood alerts still for California as more rain is on the way. The National Weather Service issuing a flood watch for nearly the entire coast of California, from Redding to San Diego and the Mexico border, putting about 37 million residents on alert. The U.S. conducting strikes against Houthi anti-ship cruise missiles and vessels on Saturday, including an unmanned underwater vessel the Iranian-backed rebel group has used. Five strikes in total were conducted against three anti-ship cruise missiles, one unmanned underwater vessel, and one unmanned surface vessel. Former President Jimmy Carter marking one year in hospice care yesterday, his family celebrating his strength. Jimmy Carter right now 99 years old, the oldest living U.S. president in history. Corey Myers, USA News. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. 
Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. We still do email. Drop your email address in the entry box at freetalklive.com and you'll be kept in the loop with Free Talk Live. It's the Ernest Hancock Show. Where we're going, there aren't any roads. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. With fees of less than a penny per transaction, Dash is made for spending. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month for the sponsorship. It's easy to get and use Dash. You can learn more at Dash.org. That's Dash.org. Welcome back. Welcome back to Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock, on the Free Talk Live Network on Genesis. We're continuing our conversation with Nick from RV Solar Concepts. RV Solar Concepts. I know this young man. is son of a good friend, and I've known him since he was young. He goes in the Navy. He comes back. He works at a nuclear power plant. He starts doing solar uh, generation for his fifth wheel going out in the desert doing man at work and great everybody wants it starts a business very successful last five years or so and then the man retroactively going after you owe us tariffs on kind of what when you paid your tariff your that was a deposit and we got years to be able to come back and say you owe us more <laughs> oh he got libertarianized now he grew up with this kind of rhetoric and freedom oriented and watch out for and now he knows and he's sharing with us they're going you're doing it wrong it's an rv not a house you know that kind of, <laughs> i go i don't care right i don't care because i'm not bob man i'm not sitting there you know being all anal about the combination of growing up you had no don't turn that on that's on yeah. you got to do i mean you you went through that didn't you yeah who's doing laundry when i tried to microwave this this uh <laughs> <laughs> right i mean it's that kind of so i wanted to make sure i didn't have to worry about that i just i don't care well you guys uh updated bob's stuff he went from lead acid which sucked to um you know every four or five years you're gonna have to replace all your batteries it costs a billion dollars then you go to a nickel iron uh nickel iron batteries which were you you will them to your kids but they're big they're heavy you're not putting them in rvs you know that's a kind of a house thing yeah and then um with the lithium iron phosphate came out that is that chemistry kicks butt. I mean, they're cheap, they're light, they work, they last forever. They, what, what's your opinion on them? Is there a new tech coming to? Uh, I think they already have it. They're just shelving it. So, if you're asking me, that's that's my opinion. I've read some articles about new new battery companies that are doing a lot of things, but you can't you can't even produce the material without the government signing off. So that's where they're stuck. They ask for permission. We have this new tech. We would like to build it, manufacture it, and refine it. And no, no you're not, you're you're not, not doing that. You're, Meanwhile, you're not, why? Why? What's their reasoning? It's it's too efficient. It's the same way when they came out with nuclear, and they're like, oh my god, it's too cheap to meter. It's too cheap to sell it. You know what I mean? 
It's going to be so cheap that we won't even have to charge for it. And then now look, what is it, a $20 trillion business? Like, it regulated. Yeah. So, regulated. And, <laughs> and I think you'll see that in every market, that where, what they're willing to deliver to the customer is 50% or less of what they actually have and what they could give you at the time. And it's all marketing. It's all money driven. It's all everything, right? Because they're going to... Lobbyist driven. You don't want to give them everything you have and then you're waiting to develop the next line of product, the next something before you can come out with your new model. They got three models ahead and they'll give you the third. And then, okay, it's been a year, next year model, we can release this one. And it gives them that buffer. This is one thing that you did there. You were doing enough volume and they loved you a long time. And they said, you want your name on it? We'll put your name on it. We'll get you your own battery. Tell us how that happened and where you are with that. Yeah, so there was... We were the original distributor for SOK battery, the bo- the batteries that we ended up putting right. in Bob's property out here. Um, yeah, SOK was going concern. Once they came on board, they had a quality battery. They had new chemistry and everything. They were very popular for a long time. And the initial, yeah, the initial models they came out with were very simple. They didn't have any features. It was just, it's a battery. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh... Which in many cases is, is nice because it's just less complex. There's less things to go wrong. The BMS, uh, the battery management system that's inside of each of these lithium iron phosphate batteries, um, has less parameters to deal with. It's just less hassle. So, but they came out and they were so cheap for the time because they were coming out and kind of rivaling all these other companies that had big time deals with other, other places and RV manufacturers. So I think they were able to keep their price high. And then you have, um, Companies like Battleborn, who are the first on the scene, so they're always going to kind of, you know, pull more market share than everybody else, and so they can keep their price high. So SOK came in, and I think they were almost half the price of Battleborn. I got four 12 100s, 100 amp Battleborns, the one you see, mm-hmm. you know, Bob's got one that went bad or something, but uh, I have four of them. And they were like twelve hundred dollars a piece, and for a hundred amp hour, right? Yeah, and it looked like um, uh, like a car battery. I mean, you know, it's about that size. For those, it was like forty five hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm like, you man, you guys suck. You know, that's and now now for forty five hundred dollars, I get a brand new um, signature solar or the EG fours or whatever the heck it is out there comes in. 24 volt, 48, 12s, whatever. I got 24 volt and uh, 5.1 kilowatts for each one of those. So it's more than those four for like a third the price. Yeah. It was like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars $1,300 or something. Yes. Yeah, so if you pay 1200 for a 100 amp hour at 12 volt. Right. They're selling a 48 volt 100 amp hour. So four times the size of the battery you bought. That battery's fifteen hundred dollars. It's three hundred dollars more than what you paid for one, and it's equivalent of four. It's it's got <laughs> ridiculous. So I'm trying to tell people. I'm going solar. What when we first th- started thinking of doing solar, um, being able to get out in the desert. That's the thing that holds you up: power, water, communication. Now we have star. And I've been screaming about this for years. I'm going, man. Woo! Ernie's gone, man. What happened to Ernie, you know? <laughs> he was here a minute ago. And um, it's power, communication, and water. And you, you get those taken care of, and we're kind of playing with the water thing. But I'm just going, 
Starlink came while we were on the road. The bus, you know, it, was a, it was a test case here. All the stuff we had to do. <laughs> then we have uh, the solar just plummeting. The the generation of the power, the panels, went way down. As much or more than the batteries. The battery technology got a lot better. They last a lot longer. Like 10,000 charging cycles. It's like, I don't know, it's like you got a decade or two. The panels are guaranteed for what, 20, 30 years or something? Yeah, they, they degrade them by a percentage. So they're supposed to still do 80% of their output at the 20-year mark. Which and then they trade them in for do something. I go buy, hey, woohoo! I'll buy those for nothing. And they pay you to haul them off, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I mean, as soon as the government starts throwing money at people to, uh, you know, be more green and efficient, which is hilarious because that's where this whole thing is going, right? A com- a country that's so concerned with the environment and so pushing all of the solar products and everything else, and then every time you turn around as a small guy, all they're doing is keeping you out of it. Because they want the money, man, <laughs> and the control. You're not doing it right. Where's your lobbyist? Okay. Yeah, yeah so exactly. So we'll get into this because yeah, that's what we're building up to. We'll get into <laughs> it. Just calm your steam, man. This It's coming. It's coming. You're going to be able to purge yourself. So you have the batteries. Now you get into the electronics. So it used to be that you had to have a separate charge controller. You get you get a controller that costs hundreds of whatever the heck to you know for the solar that's coming in to convert it to whatever it is that the the voltage and amperage of whatever charging battery. Then you had the inverter, which takes DC power, converts it to AC, puts it out on the the grid, your your home, your outlet, your whatever. And uh, what are the other components? There's the charge controller, the inverters, or something else. Um. It kind of depends. If you have an inverter charger, like I'm pretty sure your Xantrex units were that, um, they they have the charging function as well. In a right. traditional RV that does not come with an inverter, um, in most cases, they'll have a converter. So you have an inverter that takes DC and turns it into AC power. Then you have a converter that takes AC power. So if you're plugged into shore power or running your generator, and it converts that down to 12 volt to charge the battery. So it goes both ways, two systems. Okay. Well, these the new ones now, that, that was a big deal. They're all combined. Yep. You get everything in one box because grandma wants it. Grandma just button simple. You just. Now, where's that just button you guys keep talking about, okay? <laughs> so a lot of these, we have um, went through uh, one company that we've been getting stuff through. Through, and this one brand that has the rack, it has the batteries, it's got uh, the inverter and all that kind of stuff. And they're all the same brand, so you just plug them in and you're done. Because it used to be, when you're growing up here, it was a Christmas tree out there that he's doing, and he keeps getting it more and more refined. In fact, he just did some work out there. And I have a lot of my crimping tools and everything here, so he's like, woo, we're crimping on everything now, you know. So he, he got it all purified. But um, uh, now it's all one single unit plug-in, so anybody can do it, but they go, I need RV Solar Concepts to do it because I don't want to do it. But how hard is it? It's, I mean, it's, once you know it, it's simple. If you don't know it, 
I can see how it'd be intimidating. You know, we have a lot of mechanics too that, that we get to their house and they're like, Hey man, I, you know, I tear apart engines. I do this and that things that I'm not comfortable doing. Cause I don't know enough about the internals. Right. Um, and so, you know, they, they say the same thing, but as soon as it's like electricity, no, nope, I'm going to call somebody for it. So no, definitely me. When we build our restaurant, <laughs> you remember when we used to have the restaurant. I would, I, I did everything. I even bit the conduit, but actually plug it in those, uh, they have, you know, I get somebody to do that. I know a guy, <laughs> you, you do that. And then when we built our mining thing, that was a thing. I mean, we did, uh, it's for crypto mine. Yeah. I, I got a, yeah, I got a bunch. So anyway, <laughs> as we were doing that, that was a, I had to, Oh, Bob, come look at it. Make sure I did it right. So Bob is very electrical. He's very mechanical. He's, I tell you what Bob is. Okay. Let me tell you, you know, see if this rings true with Bob, your experience. He likes reading manuals. <laughs> he, he'd read the ma- the manual, tell me how to do it. I read the manual. So he's definitely an instruction reader guy. So he, he knows if he doesn't know how to do it, he'll find out how to do it. So then you have the windmill that he's got. Are you a windmill fan at all for anything? Is that kind of just not just buy another solar panel? Uh, I think the ROI on, you know, the return on investment for, for that Unless you live in a place that's just historically just windy all the time, like you when you roll through like the Cabazon area on the I-10 when you're headed to uh, California, you know, it's just nothing but those giant windmills, and they seem like they're always turning. So if you have a place like that or live in a place like that, it's it's probably fine. Um, but I think yeah, you're, for your money and how easy the install is for solar. I think it's it, the bang for the buck is still solar. You know, the one thing is, is that when it's windy out here, when you're growing up out here, you know, it's when it's just annoying. Yeah. Unless you got a windmill, that's okay. <laughs> it's a psychological thing. My mental health is better by having the windmill, at least making something. And then when it's uh, windy, um, cloudy, it's usually windy. So you're generating some power. And then overnight, you wake up with fully charged batteries. I mean, you know, there's there's benefits. To, I think I'm going to get a windmill. Yeah. Your, your dad got me, you know, got me spoiled. So I'm. I think we might get a windmill. You got any suggestions? I I dipped into that very little, so I'm not the guy to ask on on wind generation. But um, yeah, I think if if you have it in the budget to to be able to do it, then then yeah, I mean more more power is better than less at, at all times. So and we also got uh, another eight thousand. Me and your dad, we were going back east. House back there, he was dealing with whatever, and we went through in Kansas. There's a place that has MCI bus graveyard kind of thing. So I'm always getting some widget wadget you can't get anymore, you know. So I go by there, and they had this one bus they had just gotten in. They refurbed it and redid it, and then you know, a son and his father, and his father died. And he just kind of lost interest, and never mind. The generator on that thing had 2.9 hours on it. Wow. It is a eight kilowatt Cummins Unin, whatever the heck it was, and I'm, and he and I both are eyeballing it, trying to lowball the guy. Nope, I know what I got. <laughs> so we got it for like half price. These are like thirteen thousand, fourteen thousand dollar generators. I got for six thousand. I could not get it. If I didn't get it, Bob was going to get it. And I was like, <laughs> no. So it's sitting back there, and um, so that'll be for the house. Now you got any? Uh, suggestions on generation, you know, uh, is it diesel, gasoline, propane, how big, what, what's your suggestions when you're doing RVs? Uh, for RVs specifically? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, just, uh, you, you want to start 
so they can get an idea how much power they need. Most most come from the factory with a generator built in, and it's the same thing. It's a Cummins Onan. Um, those ones are usually all running on gasoline. For toy haulers, they'll have um, a, a tank for... They usually have an auxiliary tank with a pump on the side, so you can fill up your toys when you're out camping and riding and doing that stuff. And then they have another tank that you fill up just for the generator. So they run on traditional unleaded uh, and usually are a 5,500 watt yeah. is what comes in large fifth wheels and motorhomes. Uh, smaller like bumper pole travel trailers and stuff like that that come with them, they usually come with a 4,000 watt. It's pretty big for RV, don't you think? Well, I mean, <laughs> these RVs today are yeah, three right. air conditioners and a residential well, you got a fridge. three actual one. Yours, I think I remember, in it? Yeah, it was 44 foot. I sold it during uh, COVID. Everybody was paying retarded money for everything, so you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll pay what? Well, it's yours now. You know? <laughs> yeah. So are you looking to get another one? Um, not until the prices come down significantly, but yeah, it just, for me, it turned into a whole can of worms because then it, I, uh, had an injector that got weak in the truck. I had that big Cummins dually, um, toned it out of pacing coming back from a trip and one of the injectors got weak and started like dribbling fuel instead of atomizing fuel as it's supposed to come out and burned a hole through one of the cylinders and blew the motor on it. Oh my goodness. So $18,000 later for the motor and then freshen everything else up that you're already in there, you know? So that lasted 7,000 miles and it threw a rod. So now it was motor three. It was a nightmare. So, <laughs> and this is a 2,500, 3,500 dually one. What? Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I don't know if I just had What a, kind of engine would what kind of truck is this I'm not ever buying? That was this the your your six point seven Cummins. Really? That that seems to be you know, usually has a lot better reputation than that. It it was a high mileage truck, so I had bought it from somebody who was a hot shot trailer hauler, so he literally made his living by picking up a trailer in California and driving it to Maine and then driving something back. You know what I mean? So it had I think it so had like it, a, so it was beat already. It had like one hundred eighty thousand miles at that point. So of trailer hauling, yeah. So every yeah. everything else on the truck was perfect. I mean, who can who can really predict when an injector is going to do something funky and you can't see it? You don't know. After a couple hundred thousand miles of pulling <laughs> trailers, that's the end. Yeah. <laughs> the um. So the RV takeoff that really started your business going was due to what? People had money, people were out toying, people were or people were looking to you know downsize, live out in the desert, people were retiring, people what, what do you think, you know, people going to RV, why did the price go up so much? I think initially the demand has always been there. I think convenience is the main driver for people in the RV field most of the time. 90% of whoever comes to us is just the same boat I was in where, hey, man, this is super annoying having to run my generator every day just to charge batteries at night. Or, or you have one kid or two kids that at nighttime when everybody's sitting around the fire... You want to send the kids inside. Now you have to run a generator when everybody's trying to sit around a quiet fire and have right. a nice conversation. You got to run a generator to run one TV that pulls 50 watts, and you're running a 5,500-watt generator to do that. So that's that was the, the main interest, I think, for most campers is just convenience. Well, that's for the solar. But I'm talking about the RV in particular, them going RV, them buying trailers, them getting yeah, I think live-in. Was it toying? Initially, it luxury, what? initially it was just... You know, RVers going camping, weekend warrior type stuff. 
until COVID hit. COVID was gigantic for that industry. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't go anywhere, but they couldn't tell you you couldn't go camping. You're, you're, you know, you're, uh, you're out in the middle of nowhere. You can mask up if you want and put your gloves on and, and do your thing. Or, <laughs> or we just, were actively ignoring all that crap. Yeah. You know, they, and, well, you have to register and cough here and do ad next. I mean, you know, it's just, we didn't, we didn't mask up. We didn't, especially Donna, man. She was like, bite me, you know? <laughs> so it, that's what the Love Bus Liberty Tour was all about. Kind of, you know, our activism thing. You can resist and we go around the country. It really didn't impact us as much, even though we covered it a lot. It was, we just ignored it. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys fare through that? About the same way. I just refused to do it. Um, that was kind of one of my last final pushes that kind of pushed me away from uh, working at the power plant was just, you get that that feeling, man, that you have to be untrue to yourself in order to maintain your job, maintain your livelihood, feed your kids. You will comply <laughs> with something that's a personal choice to wear something on your face or not, or we're just going to kick you out of here. We're going to take your money away. So that, that seemed crazy to me and was a level of reliance that I don't like to have. So as soon as we could build the business up to a point where I could leave and supplement my income that way, I was out of there. So, but yeah, it was, it was the same way, but that's, that's kind of how the RV market in the last two to three years really blew up. Um, you could, you could drive through Phoenix and hit every RV lot and you wouldn't find one on the lot. They were gone. You couldn't really, yeah, it was weeks of waiting months of waiting lists. They were building so many that they ran out of generators to put in them. So they were giving people IOUs for the generators that were supposed to come in the RV. You had to come back six months later. You know, I was in Texas, um, there's a lot of places we go for, you know, get RV stuff and everything. And I saw freaking mountains of RVs or trailers and stuff like that. And I'm going, you know, I guess it must have been after the peak or they weren't here. They were there. You know, it, it, it's, I, I, I don't, I didn't really, because I wasn't in the market. You know, we had our thing, but uh, certainly we had stories on it. You know, people were freaking out. And I saw the prices. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, if that's not an indicator of, you know, industry changes, then I don't know what would be. Right. Well, in the competition in the solar industry that you're doing, um, even though there's more competition, were you able to just keep raising prices? you have to lower prices? Do you have your equipment was less, so you got more markup? Tell me about it, how it's evolving over the last uh, five years. So a lot of the way that we started was we would just t- calculate the initial cost of all of the components and the wiring and the sealant, you know, hardware, anything you needed to do the install, you had that price. And then we just added in the labor portion. So anytime our price changed on components, then the f- prices we charged would reflect the the increase. But we never increased more than just the component price. So everything labor-wise was the same to us. But... <coughs> Um, but yeah, you have to kind of incrementally go as things get more expensive or your bottom line goes down and then you go out of business. So, <laughs> Oh, it's that business number stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, this is, let's get into that, you know, a little bit. Now you're successful. You're doing well. You got your logos, you get some artwork, you start wrapping your stuff. You're getting, we have business. Okay. And then did you have to have an office or anything, or were you still just doing this out of your home and your trailers and so on? I mean, what were you doing? Yeah, after a certain point, 90% of our work is mobile. So we have we have two work trailers now that are wrapped, and we take the job sites and stuff. 
um, have all of our tools and all the equipment in there to do what we need to do. Um, that's the majority of it. And then we moved out, we were in a kind of a, you know, a development track home kind of thing out there. So we moved out of there just cause we needed more space and no HOA and all the crazy stuff. So now we have an acre and I live right across the street from my partner, Justin. So he has an acre, I have an acre and we literally just can walk to each other's houses to do the work now. Um, so for people, a lot of people come to that quartzite show, um, they got a, like a million RVs that roll through there in a I month know, or something. Literally. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, so a lot of people will contact us when they're in this side of town and, and doing the show and they'll drive down an hour, but they have nowhere to stay. So we just have them stay on the property and we have a set up a, an area back. So it's all fenced in with a block wall and has gates and everything. So they can leave their stuff there and feel good that it's secure. Um, so, so they come and stay overnight or a couple of days and you do the install. Yep. Very cool. Yeah, so we have we have that option or we have the mobile option. A lot of people they'll just find a place out here on BLM land and shoot me coordinates and we just head out and do it right in the middle of the desert. That's awesome. <laughs> now quartzite, for those of you who don't know, quartzite is um a thing. Okay. It's out in the middle of the freaking desert. It's like, I don't know, halfway between Phoenix and LA or something, you know, but it's I mean, it's in the desert. There's I mean, how to describe it out there? It's in it's in the middle of the desert. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a it's a truck stop and a Burger King and and, and then desert. <laughs> <laughs> but they have what they call a rock and gem show, and it's just because it's winter, freaking Arizona, you know. So they have you go out in the desert. We did you know our newspaper stuff. We delivered newspaper. We just went out in the desert in the jeep, and we're just everybody gets a newspaper. You know, we're just we flinging them all over the place, and you'd see that they'd have um, you know individuals out there in the desert, or they would have groups. Of three or five or eight, it's like you know Conestoga wagon train. They circle the wagons and they're out in the middle of, and they'll be there for months. It's easy to see we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. We all know something big is coming, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming more self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, and they make it easy for you to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure some emergency food kits. There's a dozen to choose from that contain tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. My Patriot Supply also sells large solar generators, gravity-powered water filtration systems, heirloom seeds for your garden, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items will ship that same day. Time is short. Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are things many of us take for granted. But for many adults with disabilities who are elderly or have serious medical issues, dental care is simply unaffordable. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to just see one of the many patients in need. You can literally change a life. When you volunteer with DLN's donated dental services program to see one, you treat a pre-qualified patient in your office at your convenience. We handle the details so you can focus on the care. Lack of dental care can lead to the inability to have life-saving surgery, eat, or contribute to our community. 
If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message. Will you see one? Visit willyouseeone.org to help change one life in your community today.